Hey everyone, it's Joel here. Now I'm sure you know the drill by now, but if you don't, you can catch all six of our weekend gatherings online by going to our website, which is soulrevivalchurch.com. And we wanted to let you know that we are really excited to see how these hard times have made us operate better as a church, and we pray that many more people would come to know Jesus because of it. But now, on with the show, and here is the Friday Night Gathering at Kirawee. to do now is I'm going to invite Amelia up to the very long couch. Hello, Amelia. Hello, Ethan. Hello, Amelia. Now, I haven't given you the questions, so I'm sorry for that. That's okay. But my I'll first make it question, up. Yeah, yeah, good. I'm, <laughs> I'm glad. My first question for you today, tonight, is what are you doing with your life at the moment in the craziness of, of what's going on? Like, are you still at uni? Are you, what's happening? Well, I am in my second year of uni, uh, but I'm actually not at uni because uni has been effectively put online. So I went online last week and it was kind of, it's, I'm still kind of adjusting. It was a bit tricky. Last week, it kind of just felt like an extended break. Like, oh, I get an extra, some extra time to binge watch Netflix. I probably binge watched way too much Netflix. Uh, yeah, I know, I know the feels. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but um, this week has kind of been kind of getting into the groove of things and getting it all sorted out. Yeah. Fantastic. So which which uni are you at? I'm at UTS. Okay, cool. So you don't have to travel into the city anymore for it, but you're doing it at home. Yes. What is What does uni at home look like? Um, it's basically a lot of doing nothing. <laughs> and Sorry. then some and doing and something. And that's different to uni normally yeah. how? I mean, like... It's all online, so it's different for each subject. I've got um, three subjects this semester, um, which is good because uh, some people have more and so it's difficult. But um, for my three subjects, each of them has different like approaches. So I'll be doing Zoom lectures in one, to, uh, in one subject and then um, I might have like a recorded session uh, in another one. And uh, for one, I have to do worksheets, which is like so high school and it's kind of bizarre. But I mean, they're on like readings, so it makes sense. But it's a bit crazy. It's all over the place, but it's, it's, it's working. All right. Well, that's, it's good that it's working. I'm glad. Uh, so, Amelia, what are you doing other than uni? Are you doing anything to, like, we're all supposed to be inside isolating, but we're allowed out for certain things like exercise or, or uh, like, in, in pairs and stuff like that. What, what are you, are you doing anything to... Yeah, well, um, today I've been taking the dogs for the walk, for a walk around. They're really poorly behaved, so I don't like doing that very often. <laughs> um, so today I decided to go my own way and I um, went for a hike by myself um, out at Cornell to uh, the the point out there um, to the lighthouse and I got like I wasn't planning to do the whole walk I got like halfway out and I was like this is like a half an hour walk this is good Uh, this is great I might go back now and then I was like oh I've gone this far I might as well keep going it can't be that far Uh, two hours later I get back to my car and I'm like oh that was a bad idea (laughs) but yeah it was great I'm glad. When was that? Sorry, that was that was today, earlier nice. today. Well yes, done. and it was threatening to rain the entire yeah. time. Like at one point, I felt like a drop of water on my head, and I couldn't figure out if it was like water from the wave because it was I was all along the cliff edge, mm. and so I couldn't figure out if it was water from the wave or if like the like doomsday was coming because I was like an hour away from my car without any umbrella or anything. But yeah, it was fine. It didn't rain. It was great. Well done. Fantastic. So. <laughs> 
It's great to hear from you, Amelia. You're, you're also singing for us tonight, which has been really lovely. Thank you so much. But I was also going to invite you to read the Bible for us tonight, and we'll dig into it. What we're, we're reading from Luke, and um, yeah, thank you so much, Amelia. Great. So we're reading from Luke 9. Jesus strictly warned them not to tell this to anyone. And he said, The Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests and the teachers of the law. And he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. Then he said to them all, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me will save it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world and yet lose or forfeit their very self? Whoever is ashamed of me and my words, the Son of Man will be ashamed of them when he comes in his glory and in the glory of the Father and of the holy angels. Truly I tell you, some of you who are standing here will not taste death before they see the kingdom of God. Well, good day, everyone. I've got half of the Glen 20 on my hand and half on the microphone, so I think we're amply supplied. Uh, if you don't know me, my name is Stuart, and I'm one of the pastors here at Soul Revival Church, and I'm going to take us through the passage that we've got tonight. Uh, it's just such a privilege, and it's an awesome opportunity tonight to be here to uh, just be thinking in the midst of all the current affairs that's going on with uh, the virus and things like that and the changing lifestyles that we all have there's great to be able to come and say that there are some things that just never change and that great news is that Jesus is the same yesterday today and tomorrow and what I thought I'd do for us tonight is that um, as tonight is the last Friday before Easter I thought we'd get ready for Easter tonight and we'd have a think about who Jesus is because as we think about about Easter and we consider who Jesus is, that'll give us a great deal of encouragement day to day as we remember that he is the Son of God and he is um, so powerful and wonderful. Now, um, the interesting thing about Jesus is that, uh, it, that Easter celebrates is that he gets arrested and he gets executed. Now, that's what we're going to talk about next week, obviously, when we come to Good Friday and as we look at the Easter story again afresh this year. Um, Jesus is arrested and executed. That is part of the Jesus story. Now, it's such a well-known part of the Jesus story that we often don't think about it very much. We just go, oh yeah, Jesus got arrested and he got executed. But what I want to do tonight is just think about that. Like, what was it about Jesus and why did he get arrested? Why were people so angry at him? Why had he become an outlaw? In fact, this weekend we're going to look at that in different verses across the weekend. Um, I'm going to preach on it uh, tomorrow night on Saturday night and then Paul is going to talk about it uh, on Sunday and then Jai is also going to look at it at Woolaware and Yarrawarra. So we're going to have a lot of time and a lot of opportunities to have a think about this idea of Jesus being an outlaw. But tonight I just wanted to introduce it for us and to think, why? what was it about Jesus that was so controversial? Well, um, when I was young, I used to not really understand what was so controversial about Jesus because every time I heard someone talk about the teaching of Jesus, I just heard that he taught beautifully. Whenever I heard about the actions of Jesus in his life, I couldn't think of anything that would actually um, be a reason for people to want to kill him except for the fact that he actually confronted the religious leaders of his time and indeed eventually the political leaders were also feeling quite anxious about Jesus's presence and his popularity and the things he was talking about. The thing about Jesus back in the day was that people were often asking who is this man? 
Why has he got so much uh, beautiful teaching? Where did he get all his knowledge from when he just came from Nazareth and um, he was just an ordinary carpenter's son? How did he speak so eloquently? How did he convict the crowds? Also, people were asking the question of how did he do his miracles? Where did his power come from? How did he walk on water? How did he cast out demons? How did he heal the sick? Where did that power come from? Some people thought he might have been a politician. Was he trying to actually agitate to overthrow the Roman government? But all the things Jesus was doing, nothing that he ever did did anything but help people. But everything he did to help people threatened the political leadership of the day. And so he became an outlaw. Uh, when I was young, I was introduced to a fantastic song by a guy called Larry Norman. Some of you who know me know that I really love the music of Larry Norman. He wrote this amazing song that actually deals with this whole topic. It's called The Outlaw. And in The Outlaw, this is what he says. Uh, first verse is, Some say he was an outlaw, that he roamed across the land with a band of unschooled ruffians and a few old fishermen. And then in the next few verses, he unpacks the other things that people thought about Jesus. Was he a poet? because of his teaching? Was he her sorcerer because of his miracles? Or was he just a politician who was in for self-gain, that he wanted power? Well, in the last verse, Larry Norman sings this. He goes, Some say he was the Son of God, a man above all men, that he came to be a servant and to set us free from sin. And that's who I believe he was, because that's what I believe. And I think we should get ready, because it's time for us to leave. Now, that song is a really beautiful uh, encouragement to me and it has been over many years and I think that that song captures something of what our reading was talking about tonight from Luke chapter 9 verse 21. So if you're at home uh, with your Bibles open have a have a Bible open at Luke 21 because we want to just pick some of the major themes out of this verse as we get ready for Easter next week and it's going to help us to understand uh, not only that Jesus is the Son of God but also why he was so uh, popular with so many people but also uh, seen as an outlaw by the authorities of his time. In the first section here in verse 21, Jesus strictly warned them not to tell anyone because just beforehand, before what we had read, Jesus is talking to his disciples and he's actually asking his disciples in verse 18 to 20, what do the people say I am? Who do they say I am? Who do the crowds think I am? What, are you, what do they think I'm doing? In verse 18, Jesus said this in private to his disciples. And then in verse 19 of chapter 9, they replied, well, some say that you're, the, you're, you're, you're the John the Baptist. Come back. John the Baptist was Jesus' cousin. And Jesus' cousin, John the Baptist, had been just as beautifully eloquent about the coming of the kingdom of God, but he was preparing the way for Jesus. And because of his uh, call on the people of Israel to repent of their sin, he also was unpopular with the authorities and they actually executed him. So the disciples are saying, well, one of the rumours going on about you, Jesus, is that people think you're John the Baptist come back from the dead. Others say that you're Elijah uh, or maybe one of the other prophets of long ago come back to life. But in verse 20, Peter has clarity. He says this, after Jesus says, but what about you? Who do you say I am? Peter answered, you are God's Messiah. Now the word Messiah means the Saviour. You've come to save the human race and you've come to save them. Jesus strictly warned them not to tell anyone, not because he wanted to hide that information, but his time had not yet come. Jesus was in control of all the situation, despite the fact that there were people scheming to try and kill him. Jesus still had things he wanted to say and do before his time had come for him to be arrested. 
And in verse 22, he goes on to say this, the son of man, talking about himself, must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests and the teachers of the law, and he must be killed and on the third day rise to life. So before Jesus goes to the cross, he prepares his disciples so that they might understand, even if it's in hindsight, that Jesus was in control of all this madness that took place uh, just before Jesus was executed. If we think that our situation at the moment is unsettling because of all the changes to our lifestyle, imagine Jesus' disciples in this moment in verse 22. Their most loved teacher, their leader, their rabbi, who they know is the Savior, the Messiah, the Son of God, he's saying to them, I have to actually be killed, but I will be raised up on the third day. In verse 23, he goes on and says, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will save it. Now, Jesus is really trying to look after them because what he's saying is, I am going to be literally executed because of what I've taught and what I've done and who I am. But if you're going to be my follower, you can still be my follower because I'm going to rise from the dead. I am going to conquer death. Even though they kill me, I am going to have authority over death, Jesus says. And he does actually rise from the dead. And that's what we celebrate on Easter morning, isn't it? Two days uh, after Friday, we actually get together again on Sunday morning and celebrate the resurrection of Jesus. Well, here in verse 24, Jesus is talking about how practical that is for those of us who are Christians, who believe that Jesus died for our sin and rose from the dead. He says that if we want to actually follow him, then we should actually be prepared to lose our life in order to save it. That's a strange thing to say. What he's saying is if you put Jesus first and trust in him, then you will actually have eternity you will be safe in eternity. But if you try and save yourself, you don't have the power to save yourself. In verse 23, he says, If you want to be my disciple then, you must deny yourself and take up your cross daily and follow me. Now we know from the story that when Jesus gets arrested, he's forced to carry his own cross to Calvary. And he can't actually do it. He actually needs help to be able to get the cross to Calvary because he's been whipped and flogged so much and beaten. Now Jesus is using that metaphor there for us that we are too to pick up our cross and carry our cross daily. In other words, we are to die to ourselves and live for Christ. It doesn't mean a physical execution as in Jesus' experience, although some do actually end up giving up their life for the mere fact that they follow Jesus. Jesus also said to his disciples that just as the world hates me, so it will hate you too. And we know that throughout history and right up to the present day, there are still Christians who lose their lives because they follow Jesus. When people say to Christians, stop following Jesus, and some Christians say, well, I'm going to continue to follow Jesus, that actually literally costs them their lives in some circumstances. But even in a country like Australia, where we're free to follow Jesus and we're not going to be arrested or persecuted for following Jesus, picking up our cross daily means that we will actually put ourselves second and we'll actually be servants for other people, that we'll actually look after the needs of others. And again, as we come up to Easter, each year we celebrate that, but this year it seems to have an even deeper poignancy to actually pick up our cross and to serve and look after others and have compassion on people who get sick, to have compassion on people who lose their jobs, to think to ourselves, how can I make a difference? Who can I ring today that I might actually be able to encourage somebody 
Can I send someone a text with a Bible verse? Can I be praying for someone and then let them know that I'm praying? All of that is part of picking up our cross daily and following Jesus. Also, it's about being very rigorous with ourselves, that we don't become complacent and just um, sin idly, that we actually seek to um, fight the fight of faith so that we might continue to change and be more and more like Jesus and to love others and to love God. Well, Jesus goes on in verse 20, 25 and he says, What good is it for someone to gain the whole world and yet lose or forfeit their very self? Again, at this time, that verse takes on even more poignancy. What good is it to try and live as long as we can on this earth but then lose our soul? I was going for a walk with a friend today. We went and got a coffee. We social distanced. We only had two of us and we walked around the oval across the road at Kirui in the park. And as we were walking around, my friend was saying to me, more and more of his friends are saying, look, I hope I don't get sick and I hope this COVID thing doesn't take me. But what if it does? What is going to happen after, after life? Is there a chance that God is real and that Jesus' promise of salvation is true? Well, Jesus is saying here, think about what's most important first, your very soul. Jesus is saying that he is the saviour that he has come to conquer death that we'll celebrate next week because he dies on the cross but then rises to new life. And he promises all of us who put our faith in him that we too can rise to new life. And the encouraging thing for me is that if we do even have loved ones who pass away because of this virus, if we indeed get sick, then we can have an eternal hope that we can trust in Jesus at this time and share that hope with other people is a beautiful thing. In verse 26, Jesus warns us not to be ashamed of this message of eternal life, but to actually celebrate it. Because he says in verse 27, Truly I tell you, some who are standing here will not taste death before they see the coming of the kingdom of God. In other words, he's saying to his disciples, you're going to see this power in reality. Jesus isn't one for mild boasting or even extravagant boasting. What Jesus is interested in is telling the truth. And the truth is he is the saviour. The truth is that he gives us hope. He gives us hope even though we might be facing the shadow of the valley of death. We don't have to fear any evil as the psalmist writes because Jesus is our strength and he gives us the promise of eternal life. So my question for you tonight is who do you think Jesus is? Do you think he's an outlaw? Do you think he's a poet, a sorcerer or maybe a politician? Or do you think he's the son of God who actually gives you confidence that no matter what happens to you in this life, you can have assurance of eternal life if you trust in him? Because just as Jesus rose from the dead, so all of his followers too will have the promise of resurrection. And we can be excited about that as we come to Easter next week. And I'd love for you in your uh, Bible studies during the week and when you conversations with each other to talk to each other about that. Ask each other, who do you think Jesus is? And are you confident that Jesus has victory over death too? Well, thanks for listening tonight. And I hope that's encouraged you one way. Thanks again for listening to the Soul Revival Church podcast. Just a reminder, if you want to watch any of these services that we hold live, you can go to soulrevivalchurch.com and you can see all the gatherings up the top of the page. You can choose anyone you wish. It can be on Friday, Saturday or Sunday. Thanks again and one way.
okay by exit.